0: Today, I wanted to continue with what the Lord has shared with me about about messages on helping us get out of the pandemic. And so all the messages that I spoke about lined up with the same thing. We talked about the response to the unexpected, and we kind of went over the first two parts of that. And we talk about what you're looking at as far as where we're seeing by faith, or by fear and based on by faith or by fear, it determines our response and how we're gonna move in the things of God. And we thought we also looked at last week about remembering the Lord's faithfulness. So that gives us a, a point of reference to know that he's going to be faithful to us. He's not a man he should lie. He's gonna he's gonna fulfill all his promises and he's gonna be with us today, tomorrow and forevermore. And he never changes. And those promises are important. But when we begin to put all that together, the, the culmination of that is for us to continue moving forward in the things that God has us to do. So today, I want to talk about push. And I've heard push stated many years, many different times about praying or pray until something happens. But I wanna change it a little bit today to press until something happens. And there's always gonna be a need to pray. And in, in Luke 18, 1 to 8, Jesus talks about that, that we should always pray and faint not. So this isn't to change a, 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 um, the mnemonic or acronym from what we've heard in times past, but for us to continue to endure. And there's a level of endurance for all of us, and there are things that all of us must go through, and there's things that we experience that we must continue to walk forward in. And so I wanna kinda of capture that within uh, Hebrews chapter 12, verses one to four, and that's where I'm gonna speak from today. And it's really for us to begin to, as we're applying all these different messages surrounding the pandemic, about what we're looking at, about our faith, about remembering our response that we have. Now we have all of those now i'm going to take them and begin to apply them i want to just kind of teach through this and share some scriptures and that it will kind of capture our hearts and our attention for our understanding as we continue to grow along because i think this is a very very important message as we begin to face different trials and tribulations what is our response and sometimes our response has not been to continue to press through we've stopped and because we've stopped we haven't continued in the work that god has us to do then it doesn't mean that God or anyone else doesn't know what you're experiencing or what you're going through. But what it means is that He's using these situations that we experience as a means to develop and grow us, to mature our faith and to mature our faith and to help us fulfill the call that He had for us. And He uses trials and tribulations to do that. But sometimes we don't always Think about those situations as this is growing season. Mm-hmm. Oh, this is an opportunity to grow. Even when we when we quote the scripture, we quote James 2, and we'll talk about that a little bit. James 1, uh, verses 2 to 4. We quote it all the time, but then when we see that in practical application, one of the things that we won't have is joy. Mm-hmm. But there's a reason for joy, and we'll get to that in a little in a little bit. But I just want to capture. Uh, Hebrews 12 1 to 4 and we'll break the scripture down and we'll kind of talk about that and we'll walk it out a little bit so uh, Hebrews 12 1 to 4 if everybody has it okay so Hebrews 12 1 to 4 it says "Wherefore seeing we are also compassed about with so such so great a cloud of witnesses let us lay aside every weight and the sin which doth so easily beset us and let us run with patience the race that is set before us looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and is set down at the right hand of the throne of God. For consider him that endured such contradiction of sinners against himself, lest ye be wearied and faint in your minds. Ye have not resisted unto blood, striving against sin. So when we think about this, these scriptures, I want us to think about a race that will run it. And all of us are on a specific journey, and all of us now, whether we have the little children, the children, they are they are beginning their journey, you know, and they're starting off and they're going along. We are in our journey, and we have different experiences that we that we all have uh, been exposed to that's different from one another. Mm-hmm. And but now we've all been connected during this time and season to encourage and to support one another. And then there'll be times when we'll go off to different places, but we have these connection points, but each of us are still on a separate journey. There are things that God is doing within our lives. And so what I want us to think about is how we have a how we run well. How do we run this race that all of us are on? We're all in a race and it's all going to come to a conclusion at some point. Mm-hmm. So how do we run to a place that says, I r- I, or I've run in such a manner that I will win my race. And it's a race that all of us can win. Mm-hmm. It's not a race that's impossible. The things that you are experiencing or going through are not impossible for you to overcome. There's different challenges and circumstances that sometimes you're running. If you've ever run any distance, there may come a point where you're tired mm-hmm. and you're like, well, I want to stop. Mm-hmm. I don't want to run anymore. But there's a, a a sense of endurance. There was a time when I was I was I was in high school and I was trying out for basketball and it was my first time playing organized sports. And I was just I shot up to 6'5 and it was like, oh, I should play either football or basketball and I didn't want to get hit. So I was like, well, I'm gonna try basketball. And we would have days of sprinting, and my family is is comes from a line of sprinters and runners, so that wasn't a problem. I was, I was sprinting very easy, but then there was second days of distance. And so it was like a two-mile run. And I remember the entire two miles, all I kept thinking was just stop. And I was kept in my mind, just stop running. You don't have to play basketball. Just leave it alone. This is hard. It's tired. But then it was just thought that I'm going to finish what I started. And so even though in my mind it was like stop, stop, stop running, I continued to run. I continued to run those eight laps around the track to be able to get to where my destination was, which was to have an opportunity to be on the team. And so I was accepted onto the team, but it took a level of of perseverance and endurance, some mental things, some mental toughness and challenges to overcome. And in our life, all of us are going to face different challenges that we're going to have to overcome. And there are going to be things that, that, that come up that are about that are gonna um, press us or where we're gonna face them and they're gonna cause us to go beyond what we think is what is natural or what we're capable of doing. The same thing happens in, in faith. Mm-hmm. There's gonna be something that's gonna to happen to us that's gonna stretch us beyond what we see as our own strengths. Mm-hmm. And you're gonna to get to a place where it feels uncomfortable or you're like, well, I'm not sure how I'm going to be able to do this because I've already reached beyond my my talent level mm-hmm. and that's the place where God wants us that's where God does his best work in us is in those moments in those places where we felt like we stretched beyond and I'm not sure how this is going to be accomplished because it's not by my nor our power or by strength our own strength is by his spirit right. and so he wants us to be able to depend on him and for us to be able to reach a certain level or reach our end goal, which is faith in Him and, and hearing, well done, like good and faithful servant, then each of us are going to have to trust in His Spirit. We're going to have to move, and He's going to take us to places that's going to go beyond what's uh, comfortable for us in an area that's going to be on be beyond your talents and beyond what you think is a gifting or a strength for you so that you can depend on Him. So, one of the things as we go, as we look through, uh, Hebrews 12 and 1 and look through these scriptures. I just want to point out there's five things that I want to talk about. And so I don't know if we're going to be able to get through all five of those things as we talk here today, because I wanted to just kind of take my time through it, but hopefully we can. But if not, then we'll continue the message for the, the next week. But the first point that I want to bring up in this, as we're thinking of how we run well, is to find encouragement through your heritage. So that's the first point that I wanna bring up is to find encouragement through your heritage. And when we think about finding encouragement through your heritage, it's about remembering the people that have gone before you. And in Hebrews 12 and one, it says, wherefore uh, we also are compassed about with so great a cloud of witnesses. So he's talking about people who are surrounded by you who have already gone before you. So great a cloud of witnesses, people that can testify to this pathway of faith. Mm -hmm. And when you look back in chapter 11, in Hebrews 11, there's a long, many people call it chapter of faith, or even when we look at verses, uh, I think it's 32, from 32 on, they considered the hall of faith. You consider many people who have lived by faith and have done specific things Through faith that they have accomplished for God and brought glory to his name and we're thinking about this 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 group and this cloud of witnesses Let's look at that really quick. I'm gonna read uh, Hebrews 11 and uh, one uh, 11 not one, but I'm, I'm gonna think I'm gonna start at verse 32 And we're going to go through this a little bit later, but I want you to think about these witnesses. And and, and sometimes there's a cloud of witnesses around us today Mm -hmm. as well. But people that have lived by faith that you've known that have done great things through God. Mm -hmm. They've trusted in God and they depended on him. And as they depended on him and they trusted in him, you would see God magnified and glorified through them to accomplish great works. Mm -hmm. And he speaks of in verse thirty-two, he says, "And what more shall I, say, uh, and what shall I say, more say? For the time would fail me to tell of Gideon and of Barak and of Samson, of, of Jephthah, of David also, and Samuel, and of the prophets who, through faith, subdued kingdoms, wrought righteousness, and obtained promises, who uh, stopped the mouths of lions, quenched the violence of fire, escaped the edge of the sword." Uh, the weakness were made strong waxed violent and fight turned to flight the armies of the aliens women who received their dead this is verse 35 women received their dead raised to life again and others were tortured not accepting deliverance that they may obtain a better resurrection and others had trials of cruel mockings and scourging Yea, moreover of bonds and imprisonment they were stoned They were sawed asunder. They were tempted, were slain with the sword. They wandered about in sheepskin and goatskin, being destitute, afflicted, tormented, of whom the world was not worthy. They wandered in deserts and in mountains and in dens and caves of the earth. And all these, and these all, having obtained a good report through faith, received not the promise. Now they're saying here in verse 39, they obtained a good report through faith. And each of them, as we read, had to go through something. Each of them faced a trial and tribulation. Even when we look at those who have subdued kingdoms and stopped the mouths of lions and obtained promises, it was something that they went through to, to receive that. There were some who received, on the other side, these cruel uh, trials, cruel mockings and scourges. There were people who wandered in deserts and mountains and dens and caves of the earth without a place to live. They went through but all of these, it says the world was not worthy of them. And these all having received a good report through faith, didn't receive the promise yet of eternal life. And that's what they were looking for. And they understood that I'm gonna accept the life that I was given and what I'm going to go through in order to receive the hope that is before me. So this is, these are the witnesses that we read about in verse 12. Since you're past with so great a cloud of witnesses, so great a cloud of people around you, then I'm going to receive encouragement from them. Because it's just like when we see people around us that live by faith, they encourage us. I've seen this person to believe in God and I've, I've seen what they've done. And I'm encouraged by how they live. And when we look at Revelations 12 and 11, we think about how the, the people overcome it's by the blood of the Lamb and the word of the testimony. So then as we go through, we begin to tell God, we begin to tell of what God's done. That it wasn't me that did this. I'm not strong enough, smart enough. I don't have enough skill to be able to accomplish what has happened in my life or what you've just seen. It can only be accomplished through God. So then we see the same thing. We find this encouragement of people that had this joy of eternal life set before them, and they endured their cross. Because each of us has a cross that we have to bear on this journey there is something that god is going to ask each of us to do in order to glorify him because that's why we're created we are created to bring glory to him it's not we're not created just to live a great life and the american dream or people in different places or live your best life and that is is for us to glorify him in the process or whatever place that he has set us to be in then we're to be faithful in what we've been what we've been given The race we've been given. Now, this race that we've been given oftentimes is not because we've chosen. It's because God has chosen it for us. So when we come to him, we're bought with a price. So because we're bought with a price, that means he he is the owner. He is the possessor. So he's the one that says, I have this for you to do. It's not like we go outside and the car says, We get into the car, and the car says, well, today I'm going to drive to Atlanta. Mm -hmm. Well, no, I just need to go to the store. No, we're going to Atlanta today. That's not how it works. So the same thing, since we're bought with a price, we honor God with our lives, and we go where where he wants us to go. So when we're singing the song, Lord, have your way, Mm -hmm. it's the same thing. Have your way in us, Lord. If he's going to have his way, that means I'm going to have to give up some things. I'm going to have to give up. Maybe the direction I thought I was going to go in. Maybe I thought I was going to become a doctor or neurosurgeon. And God says, no, I need you to preach the gospel in a a third world country. Mm -hmm. That wasn't what I thought. I was on the path to make millions of dollars and have this certain life. But then God says, no, I need you to go somewhere different. So this is where we find this encouragement. And because we understand that he's calling us to a certain path. So then when we look back and God gives us this call that may not be what we expect, then we can find encouragement to know that other people has also been called in certain places. We read through the scriptures where people were going one direction and then God called them, met them, they placed their faith in Christ and then he placed them on an entirely different direction. And that's happened for all of us, for many of us, where we thought we were gonna go one direction and God met us And he said, no, I need you to go another direction. The same thing happened for me. He placed us on a different path. And he places people in our lives to encourage us and to inspire us. And we can read that firstly in the Bible of people who live by faith, who's had this joy set before them, had heaven and pleasing God and living for him. They wanted this eternal life with him. And they set that in front of them. And then they live faithfully by their actions. And so we find that encouragement for them. So this is what we go through as we begin our journey, as we begin to walk, we begin to find ourselves in different challenges and different experiences, but all of them are causing, are calling for us to be faithful to what God has given us and where he's called us to be. But whatever path that we're on, we need to be faithful to that. We're not all the same. We're not going to go through the same pathway to get to it, to get to the heaven, to get to eternal life with God, but it's going to end up there. And, but the path is different. So as we begin on this race, as we're getting to walk and we're getting to run, we need to find encouragement from those that have already been down these roads. We find encouragement from the people of faith. Maybe there's a mother, like my grandmother, she was the one that showed me what unconditional love looked like Mm -hmm. in spite of my behavior. So that was something, when I look at a cloud of witnesses, My grandmother is in that company for me personally. We read in the scriptures, but me personally, she was the first example of what God's love looked like because I knew I wasn't doing what I was supposed to do. I knew I wasn't behaving and acting the way that I should, but I saw unconditional love from my grandmother. And so she represents that first seed of faith that I visibly saw that I can reference back to. So then as I'm on this road, I continually think about that. I think about the love of my grandmother. I think about the love that she extended toward us so that I can extend love to others. Mm -hmm. So it's the basis that helps me go, keep going. It helps give me perseverance. It encourages me when times are hard because I remember when we talked about God's faithfulness, I saw God's faithfulness through my in my grandmother's life. I saw it in my life. You may see it in your life. You may see it in those that you live around and the people that you know, this cloud of witnesses, the village. Like we talk about Village Hills Fellowship. Mm-hmm. It takes a village to raise a child, a child of God. Mm-hmm. So we see that. We're encouraged by others. So we run. We understand that I'm gonna get my encouragement through my heritage mm-hmm. and my experiences. But as I'm running, I have to lay aside the weights that's going to easily trip me up because on a race, think of if, if we're going to sprint for hundred meters or, you know, the hundred meter dash. And so I'm going to run. I can't have a 50 pound rucksack. I can't have a 50 pound backpack on my, on me thinking I'm going to run as fast as I can. Right. I can't run that fast with all that weight on me. I have to take it off. So I have to be able to run well. So to be able to run well and to press until something happens, I have to lay aside these weights. And this is when we go back to Hebrews 12 and 1. It says, lay aside every weight and sin, every weight and the sin which doth so easily beset you. And until this week, I've read this scripture countless times. And i told uh, Yolanda about this, that I never solved this as the the sins that always trip you up. There are certain sins in our lives that come around all the time. There are certain things that you couldn't tempt me to do no matter how much money you paid me. But there are some things that people call them pet sins or things that you would always find yourself getting wrapped up into. You'll think like, how did I get myself in this again? Mm -hmm. Wow, it seemed like it happened very easily then those are the things that keep us from running our race well they're the things that distract you and keep you off course the things that will not allow you or you will allow to keep you from even running you're like i'm not going to even get on the track man forget that i got too much stuff going on or these sins are distracting me and keeping me from god and in um first john chapter two, fifteen to 17 he talks about these things in the world and oftentimes what keeps us the ways that keep us is the ones that keep us connected to the world and to sin and he says here about the the lust of the flesh when he says love not the world neither the things that are in the world if any man love the world the love of the father is not in him for all that is in the world the lust of the flesh and the lust of the eyes and the pride of life is not of the father but is of the world when we think about the lust of the flesh It's these sensual cravings. Think about sensual cravings that you have. Some of them deal with maybe things in relationships. But then it could also be lusting of the flesh. It could be of the five senses as well. The things that I want and desire that may easily trip me up. The things that you think that you will never overcome. For me, it was pornography. There was a moment in my life where I thought that I would never get past pornography. I just thought it was just something I was going to live with. And it's gonna be with me forever, honestly, until I died. I there was a point where I believed that, and I was like, "This is it. I'm just gonna. This is the pet sin that I have, and I'm just gonna to continue to cycle through it. You know, maybe there's a time when I may view pornography, and then uh, you know, you get past it, you feel that you've had this moment of, of, of repentance in God, and there's just a moment of time before I come right back to it. It wasn't a 180; it was a 360. And the time that I, it took time before I came back around to it. It wasn't every day, maybe three, six months, but I knew sooner or later, i would come right back to it. And that was how I felt. But then there was a day when God said, "Hamp, you don't have to sin sexually. And you don't have to do, this does not have to be how you live. But I thought it was because it was one of those pet sins. It was something that I thought that it would be in my life forever. And God, through a process, showed me how that wouldn't be how it wouldn't be forever for me. And I would be able to live wholly unto him and to be able to, to live beyond the weight and sin which so easily beset me. Mm-hmm. And, it, and, it, and the, the sin that's may so easily beset you may not be something that comes all the time. Like I told you, for me, pornography, it was like maybe every three, six months or if I was very stressed or um, there was something that was going on in my life that was very chaotic. Mm-hmm. And I was reaching to that for comfort. For quote unquote comfort But it wasn't leading me toward God It was leading me toward the flesh And to the sensual craving To be able to resolve something That didn't result in in, in going to God with it. So whatever you have that easily besets you When it comes, you automatically give in So when the desire for pornography came I would automatically begin to give in It was a process And I saw the I would see the process as it happened It wouldn't just be one day You just start looking One day it's a thought you let some thoughts in and then you'll start looking um in maybe around you or you're on social media looking around and but but i knew when i was entering into my process mm. I, it wasn't a shock i knew it was coming but then it easily beset me because i never said no to it mm. until god showed me how to be able to lay it aside so there's something that's maybe in you you think about the lust of the eyes and this longing for other things the eyes are never satisfied, as the word speaks of. And so we have this point where we want to look, continually look at certain things that we know we shouldn't look at that raises um, unnatural or unholy desires within us to want things, the nouns. I talk about the nouns, people, places, and things. And now we just want more and more and more. And they drive us to a place that keeps us connected to the world and not to God. And then we think of the pride of life that it's a, this, this, um, this confidence in one's ability or the stability in, in earthly things. So I'm depending about, my, I'm thinking about the position I have, the titles I own. I'm thinking about my car and my house. No, I'm good. I don't have to trust in God because I got this over here. I don't have to trust in God because I got this position and that's what's going to keep me as opposed to leaning on him. Those are the things that keep us connected to the world. Those are the things that keep us, that continually trip us up. And when we think about the, the problem with this is in Matthew 13, 21 and 22, it talks about the parable of the of the sower. And the two that, that most often get us caught up are the, these two here, Matthew 13, verses 21 and 22. So it says, yet he has no root in himself. These are the seeds that are thrown on stony ground. But it but do it for a while, for when tribulation or persecution arises because of the word, by and by he is offended. Mm-hmm. He also that received the seed among thorns is he that hears the word, and the care of this world and the deceitfulness of riches choke the word and it becomes unfruitful. That's a problem for us, mm-hmm. because the things that may easily trip you up causes you to become unfruitful. Right. Often if persecution comes you're fearful of man. I'm not going out there to do what God said because I know people aren't going to receive me or accept me So I'm going to turn away and then the cares of these relationships that we have that we are so caught up in them And the cares of this life and the deceitfulness of riches riches causes us to be unfruitful We're choked out and we were created to give glory to God When God returns he's looking for glory He's looking for products that we produce. We look at the parable of the talents. We see these things. We're looking to bear good fruit when he he returns. The faithful servants, right? Those who were doing for God. So when he returns, what were you doing for me? Oftentimes we believe that, hey, as long as I'm in church, it don't matter how I'm acting, I'm good. Mm -hmm. And we get that way. No, you are in the right place. I tell people all the time, you are in the right place. But you must do for God. There is something that God is calling you to do. And often what God calls you to do is in the midst of trials and tribulations. It's in the midst of trials and tribulations and the things that you're doing and the things that you're going through. He's calling you to bear fruit In the midst of those, he's going to bring glory to his name through the challenges. And oftentimes what we say, because there's relationship problems, or maybe I have a problem with my spouse or with my boss, then I'm not going to continue. God's calling me, but what I'm going through is so difficult, I'm not going to do anything. That's a problem. Because when Jesus returns, he's going to say, you think about the the parable of the talents, then you come, you're like, we're maybe like the one with the one talent." And I think this is in Matthew 25, uh, Matthew 25, 24 to 26. And it's the one parable where he said, um, then the one that received the one talent came and said, Lord, I knew thee that thou art a hard man reaping where thou has not sown and gathered where there thou has not strawed. And I was afraid. And I went and hid the talent in earth. Lo, there thou hast, um, that is thine. So he's giving them back what he received. I'm, you gave me one talent, but I knew he was a hard man and you reap where you didn't sow. And I was afraid, so here, I hid it in the earth, here you go. But the Lord answered and said, thou wicked and slothful servant, thou knew it that I reap where I have I sowed not and gather where I have not straw." There's gonna come a time when God's gonna to return to us. And if we think about this, if God comes back and we say, Lord, here's the talent you gave me back. I had so much stuff going on in my life that I couldn't see past doing what you asked me to do because I was just dealing with my relationship or my relationship or what happened to me was so bad or this person treated me such a way that I wouldn't do what you asked me to do. He knows that, but he brings these things in our lives for us to learn how to overcome them. And he'll be with us. He'll never leave us nor forsake us. He'll give us everything that we need. But that's not going to be a reason why we can't do the things that God called us to do. He's using what you are going through in your experiences. I'm not trying to downplay anything that any person experiences. That is not what I'm doing. Because each of us has a different race that we must run or different experiences that we must persevere through. But what it is is that we must press through them. Because through them... He's going to develop us. He's going to teach us. He's going to humble us. There, even my military career, he's put me on this path. And he told me when I was maybe three years in my military career, he says, I'm putting you on this path because you need to be humble. Because I would have been prideful and in myself, in my own way. But no, I'll put you on this path to humble you. And even to this morning, thinking of things that are going on in my job that he's using to keep me humble, that I'll continue to trust in him. And think, But it's something that I must go through, not to give up and say, well, I don't want to do this military thing no more. I'm going to walk away. This is where God has me. Mm-hmm. And even in my own apprehensions, he's still using what I'm going through to help develop me and the other people that are around me so that we can encourage one another. We can bring glory to God. So at the end of my career, I tell people all the time, I've, even now, I've been in the military 25 and a half years. I'm not sure how I made it this long. Some of my family members are surprised that I've been in the military this long because they knew my personality and the type of person I was. I can just say it's all God. God has done this. It's not me that have done this. I did not think that I was built or made to be in the military, to serve my country in this manner. I didn't think that. But God had a different path for me. So he's going to use that. But then I have to 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 be able to run my race well. There were things in my behavior I had to let go. There were certain characteristics that I could not continue in if I wanted to be successful in my military career. So to be able to reach this place that I'm in at the top, as far as enlisted rank, then there were some behaviors that I need to gain. But in that race, to get there, I had to let go. So in this race for us to reach the place of heaven and to be with God for eternal life, there's some things that we're going to have to let go of. And it's those sins that easily trip you up. And the ones that easily trip you up, you may be in that situation where you feel like this sin will always be there. I'll never, ever get past this, but you can. And the one that's easily, think about that. And I want you to consider that for a moment. The thing that you thought you would never get rid of, that's the one here in in Hebrews is saying, lay it aside. Mm -hmm. So put that thing down and put it to the, put it beside you, put it away from you, cast it off because that thing that, that pet sin is going to keep you from fulfilling your purpose in God at some point and I'm not saying for people to go out and and get a divorce. if you're thinking like it's my it's my spouse, this this person and may, there may be if you are having challenges in your relationship, there may, and I always take people back to 1 Samuel 25 with Abigail. And so she had this situation in in uh, 1 Samuel 25 where where she's married, and she's married to a man named Nabal. And Nabal, his name means fool. And so he was a man that was very shrewd. Now in, in 1 Samuel 25 and 3, I'll read this really quick. Now the man, now this man, uh, the name, now the man uh, the name of this man was Nabal, and the name of his wife was Abigail. She was a woman of good understanding, of a beautiful countenance, but the man was cheerless and evil in his doings. Now, even though he was this way, Abigail, who was a woman of good understanding and a beautiful countenance, did not allow his behavior to affect who she was as a person. And who she was as a person actually ended up saving, you can read that, I'm not going to go through the whole story, but she wound up saving not only uh, herself, but Nabal and everyone else because she was a woman of good understanding and a beautiful countenance. And she did not allow who he was as a fool to be able to interrupt or interfere with who she was. But how many times do we allow a relationship that we're in to cause us to change our demeanor or to affect how we're gonna respond? Some other person, it could be a boss knows your button so it's not just about the spouse but someone knows what buttons you push and they're difficult so every time they put in their little code then you respond with anger or evilness or whatever or angry or or you're screaming and yelling then there comes a time that even though that person may respond may act in a way towards you they put in their little button i'm not gonna respond that way anymore a soft answer turns away around it's to my glory to overlook an offense so I'm going to begin to trust in the Lord. I'm going to be slow to speak, uh, slow to become angry and quick to listen. So I'm going to begin to apply his word so that I don't allow the things that may have easily beset me, that easily caused me to respond negatively or act in a way that God said is not appropriate or holy or righteous unto him. I'm no longer going to behave that way. I'm going to allow, I'm going to cast that off for me. So you don't have to continue to act in a manner of sin. You don't have to sin. Just like I told you with pornography, there was a point when God said to him, you don't have to sin. You don't have to sin. The pet sin that, that's in your life, you no longer have to have in your life. It has to be something that you continually cycle through. You can live holy unto God. Yes. You can be righteous and you can live a life that is clean and, and that is righteous in his sight. You can live that way. All of us can. And, and so Hebrews is calling us to live that way. So I'll close here and then next week I'll kind of pick it up and then I'll finish it out. But what I want us to think about today, just in kind of summarizing is to find one as we're on a race, all of us are on a race Mm -hmm. there's all a journey that we all are going to be on or that we're all on currently. And that each of our journeys are different. Mm -hmm. We're each experiencing something different, but we're all in a journey to reach heaven. Mm -hmm. And that's the joy that's set before us. And what we do is, just as a summary, is we find encouragement through our heritage. We find encouragement through the people that we read about in the scriptures, in Hebrews 11, and throughout the scriptures, we receive encouragement from the people that we grew up with, that, that displayed a life of faith. Like for me, my grandmother. For you, it may be a grandmother or aunt or a brother or mother or father, someone that inspired you and encouraged you to keep moving and to keep pressing. Mm-hmm. Because this life that we're on is one of endurance, mm-hmm. and it's a race of endurance, and it's a race of pressing. Yeah. But we also, as we begin to press, we have to lay aside those sins and weights that easily trip you up. And that's easily that trip you up, the things that always come around, the things that you thought that you will never overcome. But you can, in Jesus' name, you can live righteous unto God, mm-hmm. all of us. We don't have to believe. I at once believed that that I would never overcome sin, that there are certain sins I would just leave with, live with. That is not true. You can live holy unto God. But to run your race and to run it well, you got to lay aside those weights. Just like I talked about with the example of running with a 50-pound rucksack, running uh, sprinting for 100 meters, you can't run your fastest with, a, with that rucksack on you. you got to lay it aside. you got to be able to get your life to a place where you can run as fast as you can. So I got to lay aside those different weights. And so I'll I'll leave us with that as we consider those. And then next week, then I'll finish up this message and continue with the final three things. Let's close with a word of prayer. Gracious Father, we just thank you for this time you've given us, Lord God. We thank you for this word that you share with us, Lord. Father God, we just want to be able to uh, find encouragement, Lord God, through our heritage, Lord God, that the people of faith who have come before us and have continued to faithful to you, Lord God. And they went through, Lord God, trials and tribulations, but they kept their hearts set on the joy that was before them, Lord God. They kept their hearts on you, Lord God. Help us to find encouragement through our heritage, Lord God. Even the people around us that we've grown up with, Lord God, that have lived for you, Lord God. Help us to remember those people. Bring them back to our remembrance, Father God, that we'll we'll find encouragement through their lives, Lord God, that we know that we too can continue on in our race, Father God. And as we begin to run, let us remember that we must lay aside every weight and sin that so easily besets us, oh God. Those things that seem to come by so easily, Father God, help us to lay them aside, oh God, so that we can run our best race, oh God, so that we can run righteously, Lord God, with honor and integrity, Father God, living holy unto you, Father God. Allow us and give us the strength, oh God, to know that we can live holy, Lord God, and we don't have to believe the lie that will never overcome it, Lord God. We are already overcomers because you have overcome, Lord God. And we're going to trust in you and by your spirit, Lord God, you're going to help us to live righteous for you, Lord God. We thank you for all that you're doing and all that you've given us, Lord God. We love you so much and we thank you, Father God. In Jesus' name, Lord God, we thank you and we pray. Amen.